You guys can be seated. Um, Riley's making his way to the stage. Tonight, we are going to do something a little bit different than normal. Uh, we are going to end our time in the book of Philippians, uh, not with a sermon that is sort of lessons from Philippians, uh, something we've done in the past, but with a discussion, uh, just sort of a conversation about our study in Philippians. Um, just thought it'd be cool to take a different approach. And uh, yeah. And, and talk through the book a little bit. So yeah, Riley, I, it'll, it'll still be it'll still be lessons from Philippians. I'll probably one of us. Will, the chances are one of us will get up and preach just in like, <laughs> at some point. You know, they're like, no, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep keeping 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 the kitties. Uh, dude, seat. the vantage point from it's different. Isn't this it? is bizarre. I feel uncomfortable. It's it's good, deeply uncomfortable. It's a good seat. Uh, welcome back to Broad, Matt. Yeah, it's uh, good to be were, back here. You were on a mountain. Excellent. This is. This is home. Uh, yeah. How was, how was retreat for you? Um, it was good. Talk Loved about it. it. Mahai Pines, yeah. second home, home away from home. We have a lot of memories there. I, yeah. I tell some of you guys when we were there, when I was a student, we had retreat at that yeah. site. And so we went to a couple different sites in between that, in those years in between. Yeah. But that is a familiar place, and it's an awesome sort of place that we've built memories. And I have old pictures with David Chow. <laughs> uh, and with Chris G and with it's just David Chow's afro memories upon and everything. Memories, yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's so. for those of you who want who who are invested in this, you can find <laughs> Matt Ng's student photos you on Facebook to, no, at yeah, Mile High Pines. To. It's kind of it's kind yeah. of crazy. Let's just say the the fashion was back, different back then. So <laughs> every now and then a picture will pop but up. But not and I'm the like, black wow, t-shirt, black pants, and Apple, no, well, Apple really, watches. Yeah, not really. I don't think back, uh, black existed back then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, no, it was an awesome time. It was, just, yeah. it was sweet. Um, it's always different when, um, when you're preaching, but then also when you're sort of helping run stuff. And it was different because you weren't there half the time. You know, we missed you guys the first half. Uh, just, just putting things together. But mm -hmm. it's always just a sweet time of fellowship yeah. and just catching up with people and kind of conversations that, like, you don't necessarily intend to have or get to have it at other times in the year, like they happen just because yeah. you see people and 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. So our family enjoyed it. We loved just being there and um, the boys, yeah, the boys love playing basketball with you guys. So, <laughs> so um, Shame on you for the ones of you who tackled Zach yeah. on the basketball court. <laughs> um, he, he thinks that he schooled you guys, so just let him like, <laughs> believe that for a little while. He's not here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, retreat was sweet. I, I loved it. Um, it was it was helpful for me. I got to listen to you and David's sermons too, and it just uh, it's just such a good and humbling reminder of yeah. how many things we we forget and how many things there are to to dwell upon. So it was good for me. Yeah. Hope it was good for you. Hope it was it was good for all of you as well. Um, yeah, I was so encouraged by you guys' sermons. Just good. reminded of the the glories of God and salvation and, and the glories of Christ and yeah. His work and his in his finished work and then his is continuing and, and going to be complete work Amen. just just so helpful yeah and so. then and then uh we were down that mountain seems like in the blink of an eye dude i think everyone got sick at the same <laughs> Actually, time yeah um yeah. i was sick as a dog i like literally it's probably half me getting old half me getting sick <laughs> but driving down the mountain my ears would not pop and i was sick oh, no. so i like had like major vertigo Oh, like kind dude. of like vertigo and like could not hear. Whoa. And it was it was a thing. So I'm glad you made it down. So, yeah, because it, it was an eventful week. We made it back as fast as possible. Yeah. At the speed limit. But, <laughs> Just, well, yes. Uh, how was how was the week after when you got back? It's been awesome. 
Yeah. It's been the best. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is this is the this is Philippians. <laughs> um, so this is uh, this is our new little edition. This is Isabel Joy. So uh, beautiful. First name Isabel, middle name Joy, and uh, beautiful. Yeah, she she came at 9:04 p.m. on May 30th, so Tuesday. So we made it back. I was super sick. I was like, I'm so glad to be home. Good thing we're not due till June 6th. <laughs> and uh, woke up the next morning. Kimmy had taken Zach to school, and she came back and was like, I think, I think it's time. Wow. Um, Kimmy's so just such a beast. She's got a mother's instinct. <laughs> she's like, and by the afternoon we were we were headed toward the hospital. We made it kind of close, so we got to the hospital around 7, and the baby wow. came at 9, so uh, we were, wow. then everything was, everything's been good, we're, we're, we're kind of in and out, we were in the hospital for less than 24 hours, so wow. it was a fast one, Crazy, um, and man. grateful, because that means everything's, everything's looking good, and so we're, we're thankful. Wow. Uh, having a girl, it's like literally life-changing, like I can't, there's no other way of explaining yeah. it, it's just, it's, it's been <laughs> awesome. It deserves an applause, <laughs> it really does. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just, we're so grateful. I can't, awesome. yeah, there's nothing, to, nothing more to say than God has been kind to our family mm -hmm. and, um, Kimmy's at home with, with Ryan and with Isabel and the boys are here with me, but, uh, she's recovering well, we're just resting and we're just so grateful. To yeah. Be how, uh, family of six. Whew, so crazy. Yeah. Um, while we're all here, how can we pray for, you, for your family? How can we pray for Kimmy? How can we pray for, for this little one? What, what would you have us, have us do? Yeah, um, I, I think just more immediately, just adjustments. Uh, there's always dynamics adjustments. You know, just everyone's getting used to everyone. Yeah, the, <laughs> so the, little, the little boys little ones are, like are processing, yeah. Taking away my um, mom. It's, uh, it's funny how, so I, th I, think, I think I always think that I'm a really empathetic person until I've had to sort of walk through having a little sister with Ryan, who was the baby. Oh. And so he, you know, speaks a lot less words than any of us can, but he feels mm. like crazy, and he knows what's happening, and yeah. he can't express himself in the way that maybe he, he wishes he would. Mm. So a lot of it is just sitting there with him, giving him attention, yeah. loving on him. Yeah. Um, getting him to, to love his sister. And so, uh, so I think there's some adjustments like that okay. um, that are just normal life. I mean, yeah. it's funny, y'all have, any of you have siblings, that also happened if you weren't aware. You know, <laughs> your younger siblings, like you don't remember when you were a little bit jealous. Some too, of them are still like The other way around, right it's now. kind of, yeah, no, totally. So <laughs> um, no, just some adjustments there. Um, I think also just, Finishing this year well. I mean, this this next week's a big week for our ministry and our church. Austin's back in yeah. town, and we're just—it's an exciting time. So, just want to be able to not dichotomize, but synthesize all of that and make sure I'm not obviously neglecting the fam, but also just being faithful with, yeah. with everything. So, um, thankful. Absolutely, thankful that, yeah. man. So uh, we'll be praying. Uh, I encourage all of you to be praying. This is a yeah. sweet addition to obviously your family, but our family here at GOC. And we look forward to Thanks. seeing yeah. Kimmy and, and yeah. this little one. And I think the uh, biggest thing excited. you can pray for, I think this is something that you might hear people sometimes say, but take for granted is mm. just pray for her salvation. I mean, this Amen. is, 
something that parents pray for, or like even before birth, and yeah. so that's our greatest desire. She would eventually come to know Jesus. And yeah, that that doesn't happen automatically because mm-hmm. she's our daughter, but the, it's faithful parenting and the Lord's work. So. Yeah. Uh, in, why don't in, we in due time? Why don't we take uh, just a few minutes to pray now, and Thanks. then we'll yeah. jump right into Philippians and Thanks. talk about the book. Sound good? Sure. All right, let's pray. Uh, Father, we are just overjoyed by your kindness, um, especially to this Ing family, but but to all of us uh, as we get to see your uh, hand of grace in this whole situation. Um, we are grateful to you for the gift of life, and as we uh, think about this little soul, uh, Isabel, we pray for her salvation. Uh, we pray that um, everybody around her would be faithful to remind her uh, that you are the one who knit her together uh, and, and that you are the one who uh, has authority over her soul and, and knowing, that God, that you are a, a kind and, and sovereign and saving God, uh, we entrust that soul to you and we look forward to what you'll do through her life. Uh, we do pray for the Ng family in this uh, crazy, busy, hectic time. Uh, grant them energy, uh, help, help Kimmy to recover well, and uh, just give them the grace that they need to be faithful in, in every aspect of life, and especially with this uh, new little daughter. Uh, we, we praise you for these blessings, Lord. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank we you. look forward to hanging with Isabel Joy Ng. Um, let's talk about Philippians. Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago now, yeah. we, we finished. I mean, you, you wrapped that thing up. Uh, you smashed some sermons together, <laughs> and we, we completed it. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think before we get maybe into some of the, the meat of it, I want to do like a Philippians lightning round, but not really lightning you're, round you're, if you don't want to. You're pulling out to. my technique. I really yeah, am. Good. Um, but we don't have to. It doesn't have to be <laughs> no, a lightning like round. All right. But these are just going to be a few preliminary questions, okay? Good. All right, first one, what is your favorite passage oh, in man. Philippians? It's like, who's your favorite kid? Like, literally. Like, <laughs> right, now, I, right now, I would say Isabel, but then it's like, that's not fair. It's like, whoo. Um, man, I would say probably. Oh, so many good ones I know. in this book. Uh, verse, probably one, six or 127. Hmm. Uh, I think as a whole passage, though, I like love one twelve to eighteen, mm. and I think that's because it, and that's like whether in pretense or in, pretense or in truth, Christ proclaimed, I rejoice, and I think that's mm. because for me personally, it's such a, it's it's convicting and it's helpful for me in framing how I how I view ministry and mm. sort of how I th- I'm learning to think and, yeah. and a lot of that, so. Um, man, you could go on though. There's so many great <laughs> passages. Um, lightning round, lightning round, lightning round. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, number two. What's your favorite? Ooh, wasn't ready for this. Um, I mean, you did a 121. So I know that's like yeah. close to my heart. I yeah. spent a lot of time in that that's, verse. That is very default answer though. Um, like a very <laughs> good but default yeah. answer. Um, I so for a lot of my life actually. Um, the end of Philippians 3 was one of my favorite passages okay. ever. So yeah. our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. From it we await a savior. Yeah. Um, and that was probably Which you've like... you've preached that passage as well. Yeah, 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 I have. Um, but I think 
I, I, I like think even earlier back in my life. Yeah. Uh, one of the first times I can remember that I was like, Jesus is glorious is Philippians 2. And it just stuck with me for my whole life. So I know those are all like almost cop-out answers, but it's just true. We could have chosen Yodi and Sitiki. Okay, number two, what's one thing you learned from the book of Philippians or about the book of Philippians that you didn't know before jumping into this pulpit study? (sighs) That was a lot. I I think the one thing that jumps to mind is how connected it is to the rest of the theology of the New Testament, Hmm. whether by the city or the people or... In fact, they were leading, the leading church in that region. Um, you know, I got the chance to, to study 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 for Crossroads. Yeah. In the middle of that, yeah. I like, was blown away by how much Philippians is in there. And yeah. Just some of the same, like, he's talking about the same people and churches. Uh, and then I think you, you get to, like, even the book of Romans, and they're in there again, too. Yeah. But then also, like, the heart or, like, the personal side of the theology of Romans is in Philippians. Like, so Paul's, Hmm. Philippians 3, that is Paul's experiential, like, it supplements Romans 7. It it is the experiential side of, like, righteousness of God and the overwhelming, like, grace of God and how there's no room for self-righteousness. Like, Hmm. there's just, it's so integral to the rest of the New Testament. So, I think before I thought, uh, awesome letter, easy to understand, very practical, like kind of going into it, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I see it almost kind of like Romans in terms of like, it's, it's mainstay. Like yeah. it's, it's got a lot of core stuff. How monumental this letter is. Yeah. yeah. It does presuppose a good amount. Like it, it doesn't have a ton of like overt, this is the gospel. It's Ephesians, like, Colossians since you stuff. believe the gospel, yeah. like here's how, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I would say like the, how integral it is to the New Testament mm. is kind of the kind of thing that jumps out. That's awesome. So, yeah. Okay, number three, I like this question. I, I'm like very curious as to your answer. Uh, what was the most difficult sermon to prepare or preach from uh, Philippians? If you had to choose. Yeah. Um, and why? I'm just adding questions at this point. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I'm going to add answers. So there's, can I give you two? So one, yeah. for different reasons, one would be the hardest for sure was Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Mm. So just r- trying to wrap my mind around the Christology of that passage. Yeah. Yet also then coming to the realization several times that that is the, like, that's the wonder of Christology is mm. that the human brain cannot analogize, analogize it like mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah, you get, yeah. It is just so lofty mm-hmm. and so like worthy of praise that mm-hmm. it just was so difficult to say, okay, what do you even emphasize in a sense? Like yeah. other than what the text says and sort of the high points and structuring it right, like it just was a, it's a hard passage to, to know how to preach for, mm. a, for a young preacher. So mm. I think that was the hardest by far, sort of theologically and sort of just processing, like, how do I, how, yeah. how are the ways that I'm worshiping and then showing people how to worship? Yeah. <laughs> I think the other hard passage, the hardest one, like, emotionally, like, like yeah, just uh, in terms of um, it, it it just meant a lot, was uh, the first 
11 verses of chapter 3. So 3, 1 to 11. Hmm. It, to me, was like one of those where it was like, this should mean the world to our group. Like, mm. this should either mm. rock boats or cause people to think. Yeah. Like, I want to drive people to the cross, and I want to drive people to their Savior, but I also want to, like, I want to, like, I want to be Paul here, like, where he's right. not only giving an example, but challenging us to think about really how and why we live the way we live. Mm. So, I think for me, that was just, like, it was a, it was a tough sermon to preach because, you never want to preach that like downward at people, right? But you want to come with people and, and show them what yeah. the challenge of the Word of God is and how the Spirit might work in their lives. So yeah, because it's such. I a, know you remember that sermon too. Totally, right? it, yeah, it's but. such a a high call. Like you're 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 yeah. Not you, but Scripture is calling us to such a high yeah. level, uh, and yet it's not. It knows that we're sinners, yeah. right? It knows that we are going to fail to some degree, yeah. and yet it still calls us to to value Jesus as yeah. He deserves. Yeah, 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 that's cool. I like that you said those two because it it shows it it shows your your seminarian and your shepherd in you, <laughs> like yeah. your academic and your pastor. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, um, number four. If you had to rank Philippians in Paul's letters, where would you? Wow. Put it? So, I mean, you That's, don't got to yeah. give a full-on list or anything, totally. but, like, I mean, is it top two, three? Man. Is it, like, at the bottom, which I don't even know what that would mean. I mean, all scripture, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we just finished the whole year. It's, <laughs> it's like, second to last. <laughs> uh, w- yeah, what, what do you think? Um, Recency I am, bias? I don't know. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, um, it's like LeBron and Michael Jordan. So, I think it, <laughs> I think it, uh, it did for me. From just studying it and getting get to know it, wearing out the pages, it, it like kind of jumped up in line a little bit for me over, I've always loved Colossians and Ephesians. Yeah. I've always been confounded at Galatians. Kind of, I think a lot of us sort of <laughs> just work through theology of, of some of those passages yeah. and it's, it's just not as easy to, to read. Mm-hmm. But I think it jumped to E and C for me there. So I think I'm still always the through and through a Romans guy. Yeah. So I think it's like, Two behind Romans at this point. Okay. Yeah. And then number And part of that, and I'm not like trying to make people do this in their own heart, but part <laughs> of that's because when I was in college, uh, our shepherd preached through Romans the four years I was mm. in college. So it became dear to me because it was, yeah. I've, I've sat under it twice now, actually, yeah. in the past 15 years. Mm. And um, so I love Romans, but Philippians is, is, mm. is up there. There's a cool lesson in that, right? It's not that one is necessarily better, but God will use whatever right. whatever yeah. passage you're in to affect you in a yeah. particular way by his providence. Yeah, and, amen. I mean, we've talked about this often. Like, if we're preparing to preach something or teach something, like, by the end of it, we're like, this is my new favorite verse in the Bible. Yeah. And then yeah. next week, you're like, oh, I got a new favorite. And <laughs> it just keeps <laughs> totally. happening. Um, that's awesome. Totally. Okay, uh, last, what? personally, so in your own life, yeah. challenged you most from Philippians? Uh, I think it's got to be, uh, it's got to be gospel partnership along with kind of chapter 1 hmm. verses 12 to 18. You know, how do I, how do I not only view, but how do I grow my heart for the things that God is doing hmm. in his kingdom and how can I be a love and a support for people 
Um, and it's not even a balance. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a humble heart that sees God working and entrusts even concerns that I have to, to the Lord. So I think for me personally, there's a sense of, like, it's not even just that passage. You get to the end and you, and you look at, like, like, a Clement, right? Or you look at, like, mm. Paul's thanking them for the gift at the end. Some of the, and Timothy and Epaphroditus, like you look at some of these people and their examples or what Paul's saying, and you're like, I, my heart is not like that. Like, I don't mm. think of my money like that. I don't think of other people like that. I don't, mm. so it was just, just such a huge challenge for, I'm not saying this because I'm like foremost of all, but like as someone who, you know, desires to, to serve the Lord in a, in a substantial way with my life, I see the, the, incongruence at times with what I see in this book and it's a it's a heart that is so passionate for the things of the Lord and the progress of the kingdom that that's just such a call to right living and such a challenge to to my heart and uh, challenge to my humility Hmm. as well so I think that for me was just personally what what jumps out again yeah yeah I love the end of Philippians one twenty seven, you know, uh, he says like, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, and then, and then he talks about unity, he talks about um, humility, and then he and then he says so that, and then it's str- so that you can strive side by side for the gospel. Yeah, like there's a there's a purpose to unity, which you know beauty, the beauty of unity in and of itself is valuable. It's God honoring and part of God's design for it. But one of the reasons for it is so that we can be like-minded in mission, like-minded in purpose. Yeah. And um, amen and amen is, is yeah. such a good thing for me to think about in terms of how I understand the people that God has put around me and yeah. why I'm even here. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I loved seeing that just sort of woven throughout Philippians, not just explicitly, but j- even just in the like tone yeah. that Paul talks. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Let me talk about, so let's zoom out a little bit. Um, love hearing about how it's working on your heart. And I think one thing that you and I had talked about a lot is your heart to bring the, the major sort of themes of this book to the forefront. And then I think you just did a great job of helping us see those themes as you preach through it. So through every word of every passage, we see some semblance of transcendent joy or unity, humility. Uh, why did you choose the the theme transcendent joy to sort of characterize Philippians? Yeah. What's the the heart for that? Where do you see that? Yeah. Talk about it. I, I mean, okay, so Philippians, if you like Google it or you like look at commentaries, there's, you know, there's people who say, well, the theme is actually humility. Yeah. Or the, th- the main theme is actually uh, unity, unity yeah. right? Like you see sort of all three together, joy, unity or humility or one of them chosen or sort of, you know, themes of, you know, subtitles of different books. Right. So it's kind of a toss-up in some sense. Mm -hmm. In thinking through those themes, though, uh, there's a sense in which, ironically, transcendent joy I see is, in this book, in the theology of this book, the foundation Mm. uh, for the book as a whole, but also those other themes. So... For Paul here in this book, it's been so clear. How else would you be unified with other people? 
how else would you be driven to normal, natural, expected, Christ-like humility if not given by the grace of God in Jesus the joy that we have uh, in our Savior? Mm. So there's a, just a fundamental level to where uh, for the Christian, there is this joy. It's not just like, I think later in the book you get to where it's a command, right? You get to rejoice, mm-hmm. rejoice mm-hmm. in the Lord, rejoice. And that is only really a refresher, sort of a return back to, sort of a, hey, remember to rejoice in the joy that you have, mm. right? It's already mm. given to you. So yeah. in a sense, I, I, I just see that as the core driving element in this book and um, just thought it'd be most helpful to frame it yeah. that way. Yeah, um, so those other two you mentioned, yeah. unity and humility, those uh-huh. are the other ones that I thought of as well. Right. And when people say, like, those are, that, that's like a major theme. Sometimes they say that is the theme of Philippians. Yeah. I don't think they're necessarily wrong, yeah, Which right? is the beauty of Scripture. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, you look at it from different angles, and it, and it shines. So, so how do yeah. those three, uh, unity, humility, and, and joy, ultimately under that, how do those work together? Like, just talk a little bit about the, the interplay you see between those three things in this book. Yeah, I mean, for the person who has joy in Christ, for the person who has the, the grace of God in Christ and, and has, is, is saved, has the joy of salvation, uh, has, has riches in Christ to that person to live as Christ and to die as gain. Uh, it's what chapter 1 helps us to see is that naturally flows into uh, affection for one another in Christ Jesus. Uh, mm. The ability to see others, even those who maybe malign you in sort of competitive spirit in ministry, uh, you can rejoice because they are also ministering Christ. Mm. Uh, so there's a unity aspect there, right? You get to 127 yeah. and Paul can say what he says because it's sort of, like I, I said earlier, it's presupposed or it's granted these believers have joy in Christ. They have joy in their salvation. They, they on an individual sort of personal level, mm. are 121-ing, right? <laughs> and... So Paul's saying, in line with that, sort of natural to that, would be that you would strive side by side together for the faith of the gospel. There's unity, mm. right? So joy in one's own heart is not just like you don't go in the corner and play with your own toys yeah. when, you, when you believe the gospel. It is inherently a, like a, a, it's a group project. There's a, you come together on this. You right. see that there's others doing the same thing uh, maybe, and Paul's pointing out the, el- the human element of that, right? The sin, sin-laced human element of, there's times where there's conflict in that even. But that's why uh, he's saying, hey, strive side by side together for the mm. gospel. And then he's, he takes it a layer deeper in chapter 2, and he says, well, it's not just to hear my voice and come together and strive side by side. He, he's saying in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, at the core of that, is humility. Uh, At the core of that is Mm. what Christ himself exemplified in winning our salvation. He was the example of putting aside one's own self and and living and then for Christ dying for the sake of others. Mm. Um, Counting one another more significant than yourselves. Um, Looking out to others' interests, not just your own. So, So in a sense, if joy is the foundation, joy is the the sort of surface. It's almost kind of like you get deeper and sort of into the core 
but by extension, these other these other two themes kind of flow out of that. Yeah, it's like they they can't exist independently. Yeah. Right. So, if Philippians one twenty one is true, if you truly have joy in Jesus, yeah, then you are by necessity connected to other people who have joy in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And in that connection, you're gonna count their preferences is more significant and you're yeah. going to seek to serve them and you're going to seek to, right. to to strive with them for the gospel yeah and and for me i think when you sort of uh helped us see that it was it was a, a paradigm that that really helped me understand like the holistic nature of christianity just like at a basic level right you can't just pursue joy and then like worry about humility and unity later yeah like if yeah, if right. you're doing it to the detriment of one of those things, yeah. you're gonna fail on all three. Right. And the way that Paul sort of weaves those together is just so profound. Yeah. And so I think maybe like taking each of those three and, and unpacking it a little bit more uh, would be helpful. I know it'd be helpful for me. So <laughs> let let's start with that. Um, do you have a, a definition, something like it, that you can give us of what joy in Christ is? Uh, definition and like, what? How do we do it? <laughs> it's funny because do I don't think I ever gave one in a sermon. <laughs> Transcendent joy. All. Yeah. Um, but I would say something like uh, the soul's satisfaction mm. uh, in in the Savior. Mm. I know it's not like profound or anything, but it's. I think it gets to the, I'm reminded as I try to find it, right, of what you said when you preached Philippians 121, and that is that Christ isn't just like number one on the list, but he dominates and pervades every area of life and redefines priorities to and on. He's not just number one preeminent in that sense, but that he's preeminent in everything. Yeah. So, um, So you could, I guess, Take that definition and say, like, you know, in all things or something uh-huh. like that. But, um, but yeah, the soul's satisfaction in, in the Savior, I'd say. So helpful because I think some of us in this room might be, uh, uh, we might err on the side of, of seeing joy as emotional only. And then I think others of us might err on the side of seeing joy as, like, I have to do it. <laughs> like, I just got to, like... Yeah. make myself joyful. Yeah. And that word satisfaction has both, right? You uh, take the Philippians 3 approach, right? You see Christ for all his worth, yeah. and you recognize that nothing will satisfy you besides him, and that results in this emotional expression of yeah. not just, like, theological joy, but, like, literal happiness, like, emotional happiness and and those two things are are both aspects of it and if you only have one you're missing the point of joy in in christ is that right yep that's true that's Uh, so good okay so joy in christ what does it look like what do we do Uh, what would what would that come out in our life like how would that express itself in our life it's funny because i think that is the ultimate question that i think we all sort of struggle with at different times. And I think it's so much Philippians 3, right? It is Mm. trying to find it in 
stuff or status or achievement, even that is, like for Paul it was, religious or sort of hmm. in our Christian life, but the key being inherently about us, ultimately. Mm. And I think that is the sort of great stumbling block of joy in Christ, is that we get so close to what could or should be. So for example, like, you find joy in like doing ministry, which doing ministry should bring you joy, but not apart from Christ. Mm. But I think we look for it often apart from Christ, mm. kind of unwittingly, right? Uh, or, I mean, the elephant in the room is that like most of us would find great identity and even happiness in career and pursuits and success and even, again, to loop it back to sort of tying it with our achievement, like this sense that like if something's going right, that means the blessing of God is in my life, I must be in the right path and yeah. I'm sort of doing better with these sin issues, things like that, sort of attributing like things that we do, again, us, inherently us, with some like status marker as to how we are with God or sort of that's a buoy marker for our joy in Christ. When Philippians 3 helps us understand it literally has not only nothing to do with that, it's the opposite. He says, I count it all as rubbish and he's, that's present tense. Yeah. That's present ongoing. Yeah. Like that's, yes, he says like past tense at the point of salvation, right? But then he also says, he doubles down, if you remember that, that there in 3, um, 8, and he says, I, I count, mm-hmm. right? So, mm. so I think that the do is, man, Canada is rubbish, mm-hmm. and behold Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I, Christ. I, <laughs> I underlined in my Bible when you preached that sermon, the like past tense of verse 7. Yeah. I counted as lost for the sake of Christ, and then verse 8. Indeed, I count. So that's an ongoing thing for us, and that's that is the path to joy. Yeah, Rem- like actively understanding yeah. that all this stuff yeah. isn't just net zero. Right. Yeah. He says it's loss. Yeah. Like these things are detracting. Yeah. From my ability to yeah. to be content in Christ alone. Yeah. Um, you could say it's three eight. So it's count as lost, mm-hmm. a loss, and then knowing, sort of, mm. if those two verbs help you, yeah, that there's a sense of, like, discard, uh, and then beholding or knowing yeah. this, this ongoing relationship, this ongoing... Yeah, Colossians 3, put off, Beholding, put on, exactly, yeah. Uh, count yeah. as loss, know Jesus. Yeah. Those two things, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then it leaks into chapter 4 as well, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the secret, yeah. of contentment. Yeah. Talk about talk about like the connection of this joy in Christ that underlies it all with those words like contentment. Another one that you preach a lot is gratitude. Yeah. Uh, contentment and gratitude, how is that related to our joy in Christ? Yeah, there's, those are both things that kind of take the, I think in our lives, take the pattern of what we were just talking about where it's, those are things we fight for. Those are things that sort of as virtues, as Christian characteristics or sort of areas of our lives, we try so hard to fight for contentment. Yeah. We're single, we, we're not happy with our grades, whatever it is, like we, we fight for that. Mm. So 
we try harder, do gooder, and try to get better grades, or try to get a boyfriend <laughs> and girlfriend, yes. But then we also say, well, that's my prayer request. I'm, I'm like fighting for contentment. Sure. Not against that. Yeah. So to be clear, that, that's true. Mm -hmm. But we should not fight for those things apart from seeing them as integrally rooted in joy in Christ. So mm. you cannot be truly content uh, without being... Uh, finding your soul's satisfaction in your Savior. Mm. So I think our first instinct, to sort of get practical, right, is when we fight for those things or fight against yeah. sort of discontentment, uh, ingratitude, it should be to behold our Savior yeah. rather than to just pin ourselves on like one character trait that we're yeah. lacking. In, Not in just like, state. I got to be okay with this. I got to yeah, be okay yeah. with this. Well, yeah, yeah you do, but not just by doing it. Yeah. Like, be okay with this because you have something so much better already. Yeah. And, and behold that. Yeah. Behold Jesus. Yeah. Uh, contentment. Yeah I, yeah, I love that. That's, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's, it's kind of like, um, I mean, there's so many uh, analogies for that, but I, I think of, like, the one that Piper talks about. I don't know that it's necessarily specifically about Philippians. It might be, actually. But he talks about, uh, like, being content playing with mud pies in the slums when you have an all-expenses-paid vacation and a holiday at the sea? Like, why would you hmm. be so content with, with playing with mud? Like, this picture of, like, hmm. just kids playing in the mud and so happy in, in just a poor situation when they have an all-expenses-paid vacation at a hotel by the sea. Mm -hmm. Like, wh why are you content with that when you can hmm. behold your Savior in such a greater and more glorious kind of way yeah so yeah content. it's like right there right for the christian yeah it's literally right there and Just it's turn around been done for you and yeah so yeah contentment is not found in ascribing worth to the thing that you want right right so or even, even sort of like lower worth lower worth, <laughs> yeah. lower worth like so yeah so we can get this thing to where my heart isn't disturbed by that right yeah it's, but it's looking up and beholding christ far and above and transcend it uh, over those things yeah it so. would be like saying like ah marriage isn't that great uh, so i would just be content yeah. single <laughs> or like ah that like that career like it's actually not that great i'm yeah, content yeah, doing this yeah like maybe that yeah can i like put my around around you and say actually that is awesome <laughs> so like you know being being yeah. a doctor or dentist is still great yeah so you shouldn't like besmirch that like that's yeah yeah so i think also we get into this blame game sometimes. I'm not saying like everyone does this, but sometimes we say, well, like, oh, it's the culture of uh, the church or my ministry or evangelicalism. Like, they, they elevate that too much. And again, that's this, it's, it's like you're just reframing your own heart discontentment with an, an overwhelming glorious Savior that mm. you have and all the blessings that he's yeah. maybe not given you right now, but that he's given his people and, and that you ought to have the humility to say, like, I'm so blessed mm. to have Jesus. Mm. Anything ab above and around that, in a sense, is not just extra. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an yeah. extension still of grace. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's overwhelmingly God's gift yeah. in any of that. The common denominator of it all is not valuing Jesus as he deserves. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. even like with your own church, like you can be yeah. discontent at church because you've removed Christ from the picture. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, discontent 
unemployed people make yeah. discontent employed people. Right. Discontent <laughs> single so people make discontent married. Like it's yeah, yeah. because that it's common denominator change, yeah. of Jesus. I, I, and I think what Paul is so helpful in in Philippians 3 is that it's, it's like inwardness or like looking at oneself, kind of like this, this like twisted selfishness versus selflessness. So he's, mm. he's kind of seeing the gospel in light of that sort of reversal of what the world and even what religiosity, like his old Judaism, would mm-hmm. elevate. And he says, you know, that's, that's rubbish yeah. in, in, in view of the value of knowing Christ. Yeah. So I think it's such like a simple, like two-panel sort of comparison and helps us to see that so yeah. well. So. Yeah, that's a great a great time to, to sort of bridge to that next major theme. Yeah. So now let's talk about humility. Um, you talked about this selfishness versus the selflessness. Yeah. Um, and Paul talks about that with its relation to joy and contentment and also with its relation to your, your humility before God and before people. Obviously, Philippians 2 is sort of that like, peak like yeah. this is the passage in the bible about humility um so talk about it how important is is philippians 2 to our st- understanding of humility and what does philippians as a whole teach us about this all-important virtue i mean you spent yeah three weeks on yeah this we yeah we did a, like a little series yeah, out of it because yeah. of how significant it is um that's i think that's why humility comes to the forefront in the theme discussion because it is so closely connected to joy, right? Yeah. In a sense, like, 100%. if you understand the riches you have in Christ, you will be a joyful person. Your soul will be satisfied in your Savior. But then right up against that, like, any shred of reason for pride, it would be gone. Mm. Like, the most basic thing which would, be, which would be sort of saving yourself, right? If you could do that, the gospel shows you you can't. There goes every reason for, for pride. And on the flip side, there goes every reason to be humble uh, mm. because you have joy in Christ. So I think they're just like right up against each other, logically speaking and sort of theologically speaking and, and sort of even experientially speaking. Uh, yet the reality of it is that as Christians – that's probably what most all of us like struggle with you know, on a daily level, but also just sort of in this season of mm. young adulthood and learning how to be a part in this world and uh, even learning to live to Christ and finding success in patterns, even spiritually speaking. There's just so much, uh, so many stumbling blocks for for sort of us in this area. So I, that's how I see it there. It's just so connected yeah. with humility. And the funny thing is, like, it's almost like if, if joy was at the surface, right? Joy was the foundation. To go one level deeper into this humility theme brings us into this sort of sphere of, or the sort of, like, part in the, in the foundation that is at the core, it's the example of Christ, which is like, you thought it would be just sort of like Paul saying, hey, be humble, 
That's it. And then you get to verse 5, and it's like, have this mind, which is yeah. also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And, and, it, and he just launches into uh, down, 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 down for Christ, and yeah. then exalted, right? Which should be so unbelievably shocking to us, Yeah. right? That we're talking about humility, we're talking about laying down preferences, about, about counting other people more significant. And then Paul says... You know, you know who is really good at that? Yeah. The sovereign God of the universe. Yeah. Like that should just it's awesome. should just shock us. Yeah. And and I think, like you said, that's why this passage is so memorable and like paradigm shifting. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's that's what the Christian is called to. Mm-hmm. We have a God who deserved all the glory and laid it down. We deserve none of the glory, and yet here we are trying to grasp for it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, amen. and when you think about that and its connection to why we can be satisfied in our Savior, and even that next theme, how we can be unified with each other, it makes it pretty clear yeah. because that's our Savior. Yeah. We can be unified and we should be unified. We should pursue that because our Savior demonstrated what it means to, to, to be one with each other. Yeah. So much so that you lay down your life for each other. Yeah. So how do you Amen. how do you understand humility's connection not with joy but to unity? Yeah, I mean Paul like lays it out for us I think in the beginning of two and then actually after verse eleven so like twelve on he he shows Ooh. us the way that you can be one twenty seven striving side by side together for the faith of the gospel is that you live sort of in your lane, uh, pursuing Christ and his example of humility. And he shows us, so why I say the end of chapter 2 also is because he shows us his own example. He says, if I'm, if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering for you, sort of at the, you know, on top of you guys' lives of sacrifice to the Lord, so be it. Mm. Uh, here's Timothy, here's Epaphroditus, yeah. both choice servants of the Lord, but not people that are elevated, but followed Christ as Mm. servants and served others in all for what? Not just to be humble in some way and and then be like, you know, elevated Mm -hmm. like the philosophers of the day, uh, but for the sake of Christ. Yeah. And so I, I think there's a sense in which Paul is just sort of implying like if everyone just did that, uh, all radiating Christ, you would inherently be unified. Mm. So you don't have to sort of kumbaya or decide, okay, here's a written contract, let's sign this, let's all be on the same page, yeah. like let's, you know, let's, let's all sort of agree to these five things, and it's truly about common joy in Christ a common humility that sort of takes care of its own business and is just sort of worried about its own sort of pride coming yeah. out and is just so focused on on pleasing the Lord that you almost it's you look up and you have one mind and one love and and striving together mm-hmm. with one spirit. Yeah. There's a sense of at that point it's it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, so unity is. So those three, uh, those three themes and, and virtues and, and Christian sort of staples, yeah. humility, unity, joy, um, 
I mean, we could spend weeks just like talking about how it should influence this and yeah, this and yeah. this. Like it literally touches everything. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get really practical here. Um, we are, I know, sadly, two weeks from summer. Seniors gone. It's going <laughs> to be super sad. Um, but w- what would you want for us as a ministry uh, to be thinking about as we prepare for the summer? How do we grow in and pursue things like unity, humility, and joy in every aspect of our life when we go home to home churches that we don't feel unified with? Uh, how, do we, how do we pursue joy when we go back to uh, a really tough family situation? Sure. How do we pursue humility when, you know, we're back living with our parents and our siblings and it was so much better here in the dorms? Uh, how, do these th- how do we grow in these things when we're not here in Broad, but when we're at home or wherever we are for the summer? What would you, what would you give for us? So I th- it's funny because we want to get away to some like, here's three things. <laughs> I think the first thing literally is behold your Savior. Like, mm. it's, it's go back, like, re-listen to the sermon you preached last week and take those benefits and, like, dive into the Word and see the work of the Savior mm. and pray that God would instill those truths on your, in your life and that you would find joy in serving Christ. I think you can't go, like, you can't just skip beyond that, like, kind of inherent to the conversation yeah. we're having. Yeah. Like, that you can't look past that. So, and then I think there's a sense of, like, just fervent prayer that God would work in your life to have the conversations that you want to have, mm. to kind of go back to the relationships that you have at home or with church people or uh, maybe with yeah. new people, subletters, whatever it is, <laughs> uh, in, in that vein. It's, it's humbly devoting yourself to know Christ, to love your Savior, and then as a result, sort of the theology of this book, to count others more significant than yourself and to look for the interests of others. And the unity is kind of, that's the result in a sense, uh, more than anything else. So, so I think we can't get past that first element of just like, it, it literally is go back to that answer. Go back to, is, is to you to live as Christ and to die as gain. Mm-hmm. And starting there, that would be the first thing I'd say. Yeah. What would you add to that? What would you say? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think feels maybe like a like a Sunday schooly answer totally, yeah but the second we think like yeah but what else right you just threw out the whole new testament what do you mean what else yeah it there is nothing else yeah apart from jesus like you can kiss all unity and yeah. humility and joy yeah. and and ministry every you can kiss it all goodbye <laughs> yeah. right so I, I know like that seems maybe like a like, my Sunday school teacher would have said the same thing. That's because your Sunday school teacher is awesome. Like, like but, it, but it does so well, like, take care of all the, but, 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 but what if. What else? I don't agree with yeah. this person. But what if, like, I have the Bible to back me up, and mm-hmm. they, have, they, they come at me with verses too. But, like, I had to, like, all the exceptions are still roads leading back to the Rome that is Christ in yeah. the sense of, if you can see your own joy in Christ, your own soul's satisfaction in your Savior, and you can, in humility, because of that joy, see the other person across the room 
or snoring in the bunk bed above you, <laughs> or preaching the okay sermon, or leading the tiny youth group, or forgetting to call you to dinner. Like, I'm, you know who I'm talking about. Like, if you can see all of those people as either people that Christ has worked in and have that same joy as you do, or that Christ might work in, even this summer, mm. Because of even maybe the example that of the joy that you have in yeah. Christ, yeah. If you can be in that and pray in that and and live in that kind of joy and humility and pursuit of unity, yeah. that's why the answer is the way is, is yeah. kind of what we're saying. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think this it's so much more in here than than we like to think. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't make it about like externals, or you're gonna yeah. you're gonna burn out. Yeah. I think something to, to maybe help you make it more practical, uh, like how do we make it about Jesus? How do we behold Jesus? Yeah. Um, is a few things that you've already said. So uh, this devotion to actually being with him, praying, yeah. uh, being in communion, spending time in his word. Um, again, things that sound uh, b- like just the basics, like just the fundamentals, but um, – Without them, we are stranded on a desert island with no water. Like, that's, that's what it would be like. Um, so, so those things, and, and also just asking yourself the question, like, if Christ really is sovereign in this situation, if Jesus really is in control of where, wherever I'm at over the summer, well, then what is he trying to teach me through this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is he trying to show me about himself? Yeah. And, and yeah. if you're able to connect your, your external circumstance to Jesus' sovereign providence over your life to yeah. show you more of his own glory, then you're going to be able to take every circumstance and redeem it for worship. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, home church, John MacArthur, or something else, you know, summer internship in San Jose, like, you'll be able to use all of those things to get a better view of Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think what Philippians does, too, is helps us to see that we should more quickly see that the potential problem, since we're not Jesus in 2, 5 through 11, mm. could be us. So there's a sense in which we often see, okay, the problem is my parents, or the problem is my roommate, or the problem mm. is my boss, or the problem is these other people. But how can we see our own growth, or lack thereof, or need yeah. for grace in uh, imperfectly pursuing our Savior in mm-hmm. Uh, the humility he had yeah. before others, yeah. even to the point of death. So, so I think that is like a paradigm shifting thing that, again, chapter three kind of helps us see when we don't make it just about us and our own accolades and our mm-hmm. own achievements mm-hmm. and our own status in even our religion. Uh, yeah. There's a sense in which we, we begin to see even our own lack yeah. in those things. Well, we could talk about Philippians forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's so much more. Uh, I mean, there's so much more for us about evangelism. Yeah. About ministry, about our worldview, about hope, eternity. Yeah. Um, so please do continue this conversation just amongst yourselves. Mm. Um, tonight, what we're going to do to to wrap this up, I, I love uh, every time we get to do this. Um, it's rare because of the nature of preaching through a, a whole book. Yeah. But at the end uh, of of preaching through a book, uh, something that we do is we, we read it cover to cover, yeah. and we let God's word speak for itself. 
Uh, we've been in this thing for 30 weeks almost, and uh, to hear it as it was written from effectively God's own mouth is a powerful thing. So that's what we're going to do to close, but I've got one more question before that um, because we're going to spend some time in prayer together as well. Um, Matt, I want to ask you, uh, what would your heart be for our ministry to pray for from Philippians? So if you knew that all of us were going to be praying together for one thing yeah. from the book of Philippians, yeah. what would it be? Because that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah, I think we need to stay at the core of what we've been talking about, and that's that that we would ask that the Lord would sustain our souls in finding satisfaction in Christ. And then I would like sort of pair that with, and that we would love to see that same thing in other people around mm. us. Mm. So pray for your own soul's satisfaction in yeah. Christ and pray for those around you. That we, that, would, that we would love to see that same thing. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do, GOC, is we're going to take just maybe two minutes to pray just silently where you are for those two things uh, as a ministry, as, as a group here. Uh, Matt, you'll close us, yeah. and then we will uh, hear Philippians read um, from the first to the last word and, and uh, sing in response and worship to our God. Sound good? Great. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had to reflect on your truth that we've heard this year. Uh, from the book of Philippians, we are so grateful that we have the joy of knowing Christ. Father, you have, in your kindness, in your grace, in your mercy, given us your Son, uh, not just as a sacrifice for sin, but as a Savior and a Lord and a friend, uh, someone we know and that we continue to get to know and that we will enjoy um, his presence in eternity. We are so thankful to be sinners saved by grace and given a great Savior. Father, help us to, uh, not just now, but Father, as a continual thing in our lives to remember and to instill the joy of knowing Him. Uh, would knowing Him far surpass uh, the value of anything in life. And Father, would you help our souls to find joy in Him? Help us, Father, also to uh, find joy and see uh, the great work that you're doing in others around us in your church and be grateful that you are working, thankful that you're working, uh, happy and joyful that you're working. And Father, would we give glory to you as we see the change and the love and the growth in our own lives, in our own hearts, and in the lives of others. Thank you, Lord, for this great book that uh, we've been able to explore together. Father, would it continue for this group to continue to bear fruit and um, encourage and challenge and, and help these saints. Thank you, Father, for this time now we pray and ask the blessing on the reading of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can turn and follow along or you can just listen as I read. Uh, this is the book of Philippians. Um, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to 
all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for... I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of, your, of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in Him, 
but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Chapter 2. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for 
he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes, from, comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Now, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly their, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my Beloved. 
chapter 4, verse 2. I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the very word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great book. We have learned so much. We have taken in deeply from this fountain of joy, Christ himself, whom we behold in this book. And Lord, we rejoice. And again, we can say that, Lord, we rejoice because of who we have and who we are in Christ. Father, it's a call to live and to strive and to... uh, 
agree and to think together of our joy in our Savior. And then, Lord, as your people, to serve one another and to love one another as all those who have this joy in Christ with all humility, the humility of our Savior uh, who exemplified such in becoming a servant in even death on a cross, Lord, achieving our salvation. So Father, we ask for much grace as we hear this book afresh, even just for this last time this year, and are reminded of so much truth that you've given us. And so, Father, now as we respond and sing, uh, Lord, would it just simply be a song that helps us to instill these truths in our hearts and in our minds. And, Lord, ask that your peace would be upon us as we respond, uh, knowing that you will work, that you will supply, and that you will uh, see us into that last day and complete your work, Father. Thank you for this group. We pray your hand of blessing on each one, Father, that you would show, even from this study, great fruit in their lives, I ask, Lord, by your Spirit's power. All these things we thank you for and we pray in Christ's name. Amen.